Uh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Uh, to see familiar faces. I see new faces, and it's just really a privilege to be here. I love, I love Marianne. I love Pastor Chuck. Love their family. What a great church. I want to start with a joke. So a young boy about eight years old was at the corner and a mom-and-pop grocery store, and he was picking up a pretty good-sized box of laundry detergent. And the grocer saw him and said, what are you doing? And why are you buying such a big box of, of laundry soap? And he said, I don't have any laundry. This is for my frog. I'm going to go home and wash my frog. And the, the grocer said to him, listen, this is very powerful. And if you wash your frog in this, he's going to get really, really sick. You might not want to do that. In fact, it's so powerful, you could kill your frog. But the boy was determined, and he wasn't to be stopped, and he carried the big box of detergent out, paid for it, and took it home. Well, about a week later, he came back to the store, and he bought some candy. And so the man in the grocery store said, how's your frog? Oh, he died. And the grocer felt really bad, and he tried to not say, I told you so. And he said, I'm so sorry. I was trying to tell you that that laundry soap was probably too strong for your frog. No, the boy said, I don't think it was the detergent that killed him. Oh, okay, well, what was it then, asked the grocer. Well, I'm pretty sure it was the spin cycle. Listen, true story, I worked, <laughs> I know, think about it. I, I worked at Sears when I was young and sold washers and dryers, and it's a true story. A lady bought one and about two weeks later came back and said, my son put a frog in the dryer and she could not get the smell out. Well, I don't think there's any way you can ever get that smell out. And so she put her clothes in there and then her clothes would smell. So just a thought. I mean, those of you that have kids and grandkids, we all understand this. My thing right now is I have two twins that my son adopted, and they're two and a half, and they love to put anything and everything down the toilet. You hear this, uh-oh, and then you look around, and uh, Anaya, one of, one of my granddaughters, she recently opened my cupboard, pulled a big box of tea bags out of my cupboard, went in the bathroom, proceeded to open them all up, finger paint with the tea bag, you know, the, the granules, but then decided to put them all in the toilet and flush the toilet. So we heard an uh-oh, and it was an uh-oh. She did shut the door. She did shut the door. There's two of them, but somebody had looked around. I see Aaliyah, but where's Anaya? I love the verse, Psalms 138.7. Love the verse. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. What a great verse. We've all gone through challenges recently with COVID. You know, since COVID hit, I don't think there's anybody here who hasn't been untouched. Um, with the changes that have hit. There might be somebody you know who's been sick. Maybe financially you've been impacted. Uh, maybe watching your children or grandchildren who have been isolated. And what I love is that God's still the same. He's always still the same. And God never told us that we're not going to have problems. Sometimes we think we're not going to have problems, but his word never says that. But he promises that he'll give us the strength and the energy and the resources to power through things because our God is faithful. He's loving. 
He's compassionate. He's our source. He's our strength. He's our rock, our redeemer. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And we have to hold on to that. And what I love about the Lord is he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. For those of you that don't know me, I have eight grandchildren, three children. I've been married 44 years, but I lost my husband six months ago. So my life changed dramatically. Very unexpected in my world. He was gonna, he had splenic lymphoma and got COVID, and um, I, he just was gonna walk out of the hospital with his arms raised, and we were all just praising the Lord. He was gonna be healed, but he's rejoicing with the Lord. So I want you to know this verse, what I share today. I'm walking through it. I'm not on the other side of it. Uh, this is what I'm walking through, and I'm gonna share with you from my heart what I'm learning in this. Um, in this place that I'm in. And so if I get teary-eyed, just smile at me sweetly. So God, I pray that the words that I say won't be my words, Lord. I really pray that it would be your heart, Holy Spirit, and I pray that our hearts will be open and our ears will be receptive. But more than anything, God, revive and refresh us. Strengthen us. Revigorate us. God, let us leave here stronger and more powerful because of who you are. Well, you know, sometimes we have things that happen in our life, and it just happens again and again and again. And I, this is one of my favorite stories. There was a farmer who had a donkey, and it fell into the well. And the animal cried for hours, and the farmer was trying to p figure out how he's going to get it out of the well. And finally, he decided, oh, this donkey's old. I don't really need him. It's going to be so hard to pull the donkey out of the well. I'm just going to leave him in the well. Don't, don't be upset. You're all giving me these really sad faces. Just wait. I'm not done with my story. It's okay. And so he got a shovel, and he got some other people to help him, and they started to throw shovels of dirt into the well because he decided he was just going to bury that poor old donkey in the well. Well, unbeknownst to him, when he was throwing all that dirt into the well, the, the donkey would just step on it and rise a little bit higher. And they kept throwing dirt and more dirt, and so pretty soon, out walked the donkey. I love that story. Listen, when something goes wrong in life, let's just stamp our feet and say, I can rise above this and keep on going. So here's the things that I'm doing in my life that are helping me to, to really experience what the Lord has for me and to experience reviving. Number one, accept my precious friend's trials are a part of life. Sometimes we have the most astonishing things happen to us, things we didn't anticipate, expect, or really want to happen, and it happens. In 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Two things in that verse. Don't be surprised. Rejoice. And you'll be overjoyed. How do we do that when we have a challenge? We do that because we know God's bigger than anything we're going through. We need to be realistic. None of us love troubles. None of us love challenges. But the bottom line is, what are we going to do when things happen? How are we going to let God move in our life? John 16, says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, and in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He's got your back. 
He's going to take care of it. I love the story. You can tell I'm a school teacher. I'm sorry. I just love stories. I, I taught kindergarten for years. It's just in me, so I'm sorry. Can't help it. But I love the story about a woman who was on this long flight, and they hit turbulence. And so, of course, the pilot came over the loudspeaker and said, ladies and gentlemen, we are in turbulence, and you need to fasten up and fasten up tight because this is really a bad storm, and I'm going to try to get you through it and land the plane. And so the plane, if you've ever been in bad turbulence, the plane would drop and then go back up, and it bounced all around, and people were just upset. People got sick. People were crying. People were praying. And this lady noticed that there was a little girl sitting with her legs, Indian style, in her seat, reading a book, coming, just happy, you know, unwavering, not worried about anything. And so finally, you know, the passengers were all terrified, and they finally landed the plane, and the lady said to her, Honey, I'm just amazed at how calm you were while we were bouncing up and down. And she said, Oh, well, that's my daddy. My dad's the pilot. I knew he was going to get me home. Who's your pilot? Who's your pilot? Sometimes the, the flight we're on doesn't go exactly the way, the route we were planning, or end up where we wanted to be, or the journey might be a little bit rough, but God's still in control, my precious friends. Amidst whatever we're going through, the enemy wants to come in and hit you with anxiety and depression, and he wants you to be overwhelmed. And I'm just speaking over all of you. You know, Scripture, when it talks about being anxious, anxious literally means in the Greek that you're being pulled in two directions. You can't trust God and be anxious at the same time. Where's your trust going to be? I love Isaiah 26.3. I pray it for me. In my life, it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord that even though my husband's not here, that he has a plan for me. That my past doesn't determine my future and that my days are going to be better in the days to come. Number two, realize, and this is the one, ladies, that I'm working on, that all things work together for our good. It says in Romans 8.28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Notice it says those who love God. I love God. I trust God. I know he sent his son to die for me. I know he chose me. He chose you. We're valuable. We need to trust him and we'll receive his peace. But I trust the Lord now one day at a time. Every day is a new day, and I wake up and I trust the Lord. Because if we walk in anxiety, it makes us really nervous even today, and we're more nervous about tomorrow. So I encourage you, the thing that I'm learning the most right now is I have to guard my thought life. You know, we have an alarm on our house, and since my husband's not there, now I put the alarm on at night. And I never did that before, and I forget all the time that I put the alarm on. And I have this Siberian Husky puppy, Gracie, Gracie Bob, my husband named her before he passed away, and she's an energetic Siberian Husky puppy. And this morning, I was up at 4.30, and I was studying and praying, and all of a sudden, I heard her whining. And when Gracie B whines, then you better get her outside fast. And so I went and grabbed her, and I opened the door, and all of a sudden, rawr, rawr, I mean, loud, this alarm. It is so loud. So I ran and turned it off, and I thought, oh, 
because I've set it off about four times. My poor neighbors, it is so loud. And Gracie just runs outside and just shakes her head. It's just so loud. Listen, I need that alarm in my thought life. I need that alarm to go off when I start to have thoughts of, I can't do this, or it's too hard. We need to have our, our minds guarded. I love Max Lucado says that we have the capacity to pick up what our mind thinks about. There's many things in life that we have no choice over. We didn't choose who we were going to be, when we were going to be born or who our parents were going to be. We don't determine the weather, but we choose what we think about. You can be the air traffic controller of your mental airport. You can accept the control room and direct the mental traffic of your world and your thoughts. You determine what you're going to take into your mind. You have the capacity to select your thought pattern. And then he closes with this thought. Our most valuable weapon against anxiety and depression and our emotions weighs less than three pounds, and it sits between our eyes. It's what you think. Think about what you think about. Really, really important. Boy, I have to watch that like a hawk, what I'm thinking. Really have to watch where my thoughts are. Number three, we can handle the troubles that come our way. That's how we live and we're revived in the Lord. We can do it through him. Not on our own, but through him. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The Lord gives us a peace. It's a calm, unafraid, unruffled confidence, a bold faith. We all want peace. We can only have that peace that surpasses understanding through him. Be careful to not give up too soon in whatever you're going through, my precious friends. Be steadfast, patient, and courageous. Some of you are facing financial hardships. Some of you are facing relationship challenges. Some of you are facing job issues. And I'm saying to you, don't give up too soon. Don't doubt. Know that he's in control. You know, faith is walking in uncertainty. It's easier to talk about faith, and it's easier to live faith when things are going well. The last six months of my life have been by far the hardest I've ever experienced. I cry all the time. Waterproof mascara doesn't work. It's a fallacy. I'm sorry. They did not make it for floods of tears. I've determined now that tears are my new prayer language. But you know what? God is in control. I am not in control. Which takes me to my next thought, count it all joy. It's not always easy to be joyful. You know, our typical response can be, to be upset or overwhelmed, but we need to count it all joy. Scripture says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But I don't want to endure. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Okay, count it all joy. Marianne said she sees me walk. I'm not just a walker. I'm told I'm an athletic walker. I have Gracie B., who has to be walked, and I walk probably 10 miles a day, twice a day, morning and at night. But here's why I walk. Okay, don't be that impressed. 
I have to walk Gracie Beer. She digs up my yard and does all sorts of things, and I would really like for her to live to see one or two. <laughs> I walk and I thank the Lord. I walk and I pray. You know, they had the movie about the prayer room. That's really great. I tried to have a prayer closet. I put post-it notes in my prayer closet. I put prayer requests, praise requests. I started to pray, and two minutes later, I thought, I would really like a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> yep, a chocolate. Oh, man, those chocolate chip cookies that I have would be so good, right? And you know, I could have ice cream with that chocolate chip cookie. And I got so distracted that within five minutes, I was thinking about ice cream and had to go get a chocolate chip cookie. And while I was in there, I picked up a bag of chips. Nobody else is in the house with me anymore. I can do what I want to do. <laughs> Listen, when I walk, I learned when I walk, I can pray and I stay focused. So for me, I need to move when I, when I pray. And I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. I find things to thank him for. Thank you, Lord, that I'm up and I'm moving. Thank you, God, that your sun is rising this morning. Thank you for the beauty around me. Thank you that I have Gracie B and she's alive. And she's going to be a good girl today. Thank you, Lord, that I'm living alone, but I have a great family. Thank you, Lord, that I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. If I can fix it with a broom, I can fix it. I can do this. We need to have a grateful heart. There's something about when we start to have a grateful heart, it just shifts things. My precious daughter Shannon's here, and she has a son, Drayson. He's five. He was diagnosed with leukemia two years ago. One of the hardest days I remember the day Bob got diagnosed with splenic lymphoma and the day Drayson got diagnosed with leukemia. He almost died. He's gone through so much, so much chemo, so many things. He's been in and out of the hospital. He's almost died a couple of times. And you know what I love about Shannon and Drayson? When he's in the hospital, he plays with the sheets and he makes a tent. And he puts on a cape and he is the superhero that's going to kill all the disease. And he is happy. And the nurses come and they're amazed. Why is he so happy? And, you know, now with COVID, you don't get to walk around and see all the other patients. But a lot of the other patients and their parents, they're very solemn and sad. And it's because they know how to count it all joy. They have a grateful heart. Man, the enemy hates it when you have a grateful heart. Hates it. But we all have things we can be grateful for. Number five, look from lessons. Look for the lessons from your challenges. What can I learn from this? Not, why is this happening to me? God, what do you want me to Because he uses what we're going through to deepen our faith. There's always something that we can learn. Consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Listen, I'm not going to be the person I was a year ago, and in two years I don't think I'll be who I was two years ago because I am really developing my faith muscle. I walk, and I can walk far, but my faith muscle's growing. God is still God. God is on the throne. Here's what I've learned, and this is for somebody here. I don't ask God, why did you take my husband? I prayed, why did you take him? Why didn't you heal him? I just say, God, thank you that you're God. And I focus on who he is. God is God. He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent, om omni omniscient, omnipresent. I can't figure out God and put him in a box and problem-solve and answer all of that. 
He's a good God. I have in my freezer a drawer. It's the grandma drawer. My grandkids, I have eight of them. When they come to my house, they want to go to the grandma drawer. In that freezer drawer, I have Snickers ice cream bars. I have Twix ice cream bars. Those are pretty amazing. I have Klondike mint bars. And then I have cookies. I bake cookies, and then I freeze them and put them in a baggie. I have goodies in that drawer. So my grandkids know when they come to my house that they can ask me and they can hit grandma's freezer drawer. Now, they also know if they come with mom and dad that they have to ask mom and dad. And if they're fortunate, they'll get one treat. But they know if mom and dad aren't there, grandma will probably give them two. Sometimes maybe even three if grandma's sending them home with the sugar high. Not if they're spending the night. I love my grandkids. They just look at me, and I want to give them whatever they want. My beautiful friends, how much more does your Heavenly Father love you? He wants for you to be taken care of. He has things for you, but you need to ask him, and you need to go to the promises in his word. We don't get things because we don't ask for them. I just think about that every time my grandkids get so excited about my drawer. How much more does God love us? I know, now you all want ice cream. I know. I can tell. You didn't say it, but I can tell. Soon. Ch chocolate chip, yep. Cookie with ice cream. Okay. And the last thing that I'm really planning myself on is I need to establish a healthy relationship with my Heavenly Father. I need to rest and abide and dwell in his presence. You know, when I started walking, San Dimas is hills. I mean, it's just, there's hardly anything flat. And so I'd walk down to the park. Oh, that was great. Easy. Cakewalk. And then I'd walk up the hill, and I'd go about three minutes and think, oh, it is a big hill. It didn't feel this big when I walked down the hill. And I'd sit down, and I'd rest. And I mean, I just had to work and work time after time, day after day. But now I walk the hills and I don't think much about it, especially with Gracie B. pulling me. It's great to have her. We need to exercise our faith muscle. We need to keep on keeping on. We need to keep on obeying him and trusting him. Psalms 34, 18, and 19 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. All. Not just some of them, sometimes. All of them. You know, often when we have a challenge or a problem in our life, we run away from God, and that's when we need to run towards him and rely and rest in his presence and trust him with it. Jesus commanded in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you're close to God, you see how big God is and not how big and overwhelming your problem or circumstances are. I love Psalms 91, one of my favorite scriptures in the word. I love verse 1 and 2. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge. 
He's my fortress in God in whom I trust. He talks in Psalms 91 about how he just puts a hedge of protection over us, that he'll shield us from anything that happens. And so I encourage you, my precious friends, to study the word because the Bible is so full of practical wisdom and we can't live the word if we don't know the word. It's the ultimate source of our wisdom and our authority. You know, 2 Timothy 3, um, 16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and correction. We need to know the word of God. I can know a lot of things about different things. I used to teach, you know, worked with learning disabled children. I worked with, worked with behavior problem kids. I can have a lot of knowledge, but if I don't apply it in my life, it's of no value. We need to not just read the word, but we need to be doers of the word. Put into action what it says. My prayer for you when I was praying this morning, my prayer for you is that you're going to learn the word, that you'll live the word of God, but that you'll also love the word of God, that you'll want to be in the word of God. And then I speak over all of you that your prayer life will grow. You know, prayer is just a relationship with God. We don't have to use big words. We can just talk to him. Prayer is just spending time with him. One of the things that is really important in our prayer life is that we don't just talk to him, but that we pause and listen to him and let him talk to us. The Holy Spirit literally has told me, it's okay. I'm here. Some of my roughest days, my roughest moments, I love you. I'm with you. God didn't change my life. Ugh, my life has changed dramatically. There's not much in my life that's still the same. My house is the same. I work at the church, but my responsibilities are different. Things have changed, but God didn't change. He still loves me. He's still taking care of me. I'm still his precious daughter, and he's going to direct my every footstep. Prayer. How much time are you spending in the word? How much time are you spending in prayer? Prayer is so powerful. I walk and pray. I walk probably in the morning for about an hour and a half and at night for another hour, hour and a half. Except for when Gracie B gets obnoxious and grabs the leash and starts to play with the leash and does what she's not supposed to do, I can pretty much pray that whole time and be grateful and have that time with the Lord. And my dad used to say that when we spend time on our knees, we'll be strong on our feet. And I'm telling you, I cannot go through my days without that time with the Lord and in his word. First John 4, 4 says, you, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what challenges you're going through, but I'm just telling you, God is in control. My prayer for you, it's such a beautiful verse, Psalms 138.7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, what challenge are you facing? Relationship? Emotional challenges? Finances? Health issues? It says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. God's reaching his hand out to you and he'll take care of you. And so I speak over all of you that 
you'll learn to walk with unstoppable, immovable, unshakable faith and the unbelievable power that whatever you face in life, that whatever happens to you, that you will dwell in his presence. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you, but before I pray for you, I felt led, because I'm in a different season and I don't want to cry, I want to share with you this is what I pray for over my own life. Heavenly Father, I pray today you'll open my ears to hear what your spirit is saying, and then I pray the word of God. Give me ears that hear and eyes that see. That's Proverbs 20:12. I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. May I not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I pray that I may see wonderful things in your word, Psalms 119.18, that you'll train my hands for war and my fingers for battle, Psalms 144.1. Whatever my hands find to do, help me to do it with all my might, Ecclesiastes 9.10. Direct my steps according to your word, Psalms 119.133. And this is the really important one. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're my rock and redeemer. And then recently, my friends, and this makes me feel vulnerable, but I've been praying for my mental health because my thoughts are so important. So I pray that the Lord will take away the spirit of confusion, distraction, depression, discouragement, or any frustration. I loose the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. That's Isaiah 11:2. I speak John 13, 26, 27, that the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach me all things and remind me of everything he said to me. Peace he leaves with me, his peace he gives to me, not as the world gives. He will not let my heart be troubled, and I won't be afraid. And I pray that I will be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalms 37, 7. And then this is the verse that I've started praying since my husband passed away. It's Psalms 41 through 4. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my heartfelt cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock, and he gave me a firm place to stand. He puts a new song in my mouth. He puts a hymn of praise to our God. Because many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I am blessed because I trust in him. Let me pray for you. Actually, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'd like to pray for you. But let me pray for you as a group. I'll explain that. I know that didn't make sense. It's okay. Some of you are still thinking about the ice cream. I can tell. You're so cute. By the way, Marianne, when I walk, I don't wear my glasses. So just so you know, I everything's a blur unless it's close to me. You probably think I'm so rude, I can't see you. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. How good it is that we can sit and just visit with one another and get to know one another better. How, how wonderful it is that we can laugh, God. Father, we all have challenges in our life. And God, I pray, let us have a quickening in our spirit where we know, God, you are in control. I pray that we will release these things to you, God, that we will rest in your presence, that we will not carry these heavy burdens. I pray that we will have a peace, God, that surpasses all understanding. The storm, here's the word I'm getting for some of you. Some of you, the storm is raging. There's a confusion in your life. The storm is just raging. And I speak right now against that confusion. 
I speak clarity of thought. And where the storm is raging, whatever that challenge is, I say, hush, be still. In the name of Jesus, stop. Father, I pray that we will all know how precious and valuable we are to you. I pray that we will have a grateful heart, that we will find things to be thankful for. But more than anything, God, I pray that we will speak life and healing to those around us, and that when we leave today, God, I pray, put your hands on your ears for a moment, please. I pray that anything, God, that doesn't line up with your word, anything that isn't lovely or uplifting, that it'll just fall off of our ears. Those tapes that some of us, with the blame, the shame, that the, the tapes that are playing, I stand against that and break that off of us right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that we're going to move with a bold, confident, steadfast faith. And that you will orchestrate our every footstep as we walk with your compassion and peace. And all of my beautiful friends said, amen. Can we, can we pray for the ladies, Marianne? Is that okay? Well, why don't you come up and then you can kind of thank you, ladies. What a privilege to be here. You're all amazing. <laughs>